2020 has presented challenges to every one of us. Through the global pandemic, incidents of racist violence, and the ever more apparent and escalating impacts of climate change, this year has called on all of us to step up. At Western Resource Advocates, we're not shying away from that call to action. As we close out this historic year, I spoke with WRA President John Goldenbois about the challenges demanded by this moment in time and what our organization is doing to meet them head on. Hey, John, thanks for joining me today. As we come to an end of 2020, it's hard not to feel like 2021 might be a better year than this one. The pandemic, combined with racist violence and chaos in Washington, are only part of that story. We've also watched the climate crisis unfold before our eyes this summer and fall in the form of catastrophically destructive wildfires and natural disasters on a scale we've never witnessed before. Across the West, it feels like we're at a liminal moment. How does this impact our work to protect the West's land, air, and water? Well, I I don't think I'm overstating, Brendan, that we're at just an unprecedented moment in human history. These past few months in particular have more clearly than ever demonstrated that we're on a path to a dystopian future that's fueled by climate change. And the world now looks exactly like what climate scientists have been telling us for nearly four decades. And we're seeing the wildfires, the drought, flooding, temperature records year after year, you know, around the West, air quality is the worst that's ever been recorded in our communities. Water scarcity is a growing and grave concern for many of our states throughout the Colorado River Basin. And these are conditions that impact every one of us in our communities, whether we're in a city, whether we're in a rural area, whether in the mountains or in the desert. And one thing that we have seen in full focus this year is that these issues don't impact us equally. The impacts of climate change discriminate. And so those that are most impacted or those that have the least, whether they're the poor, First Nations, indigenous people, black people and people of color, here in each one of our own communities can't pick up and move to higher ground or can't turn on their air conditioning or turn up their air conditioning, or there are people who don't have a plan for how they can escape from wildfire and don't have the resources to manage those kind of challenges. On the positive side, we've seen some major progress in the last four years in transitioning the region away from fossil fuels and in climate action. While that's true, the impacts of climate change are also more apparent and more personal and more imperative than ever before. We still have a window for action, right? But as we've said on this podcast, that window is rapidly closing. Yeah, I mean, I think we should celebrate the successes that we've had, but it's really clear to me that the next three to five years are the most critical that we've ever faced. The window for success, for getting on a path that protects what we love about the West and to ensure that we have water for our communities and that we have rivers that flow and to address climate change is I think really just the next three to five years. And so the next few years are gonna be very important in determining what our future looks like. And for those of us that have kids, it also determines what their future is gonna look like. And, you know, as an example, I think is that is close to people around the West, the Colorado River was in great shape going into the summer And the basin overall looked really great. There was plenty of water. There was good snowpack. Um, And, you know, in, but then when you look at, at how that's evolved over the course of this summer, and you look at the fact that when you measure from October of last year, October of this year, 99% of the people in the states in which we live here in the West are now experiencing severe drought. 
So that's resulted in curtailments of use on parts of the river. That means that uh, water rights owners can't even use their own allotment of water. Um, so it's just a huge challenge. So then how do we close this gap and take the actions that we need to? I think there's a ton that can be done. And uh, obviously I think the uh, results of the presidential election are good for conservation overall, but not the answer to everything. And I think the states, particularly here in our region, are going to need to continue to lead on climate action. So if we're to be able to make a dent, a real difference, and in, in to create a directional change in where we're headed, we have to make some pretty big bets and be willing to take more risk in the actions we're taking. So I think we have to ask ourselves what are the changes and the steps that if we don't take them, prevent us from ever preserving a livable and enjoyable planet, both here in the West and, and around the world, of course. So in, in, that, in light of that, I think that it's time for us to really triple down to ensure that we have more cutting edge policy to reduce carbon emissions and to clean up our air in communities around the West. We have to have new and more aggressive strategies on the Colorado River and its tributaries to ensure that it not only meets our, our water supply needs of kind of growing in thirsty cities, but also so that the river remains a river that supports habitat and wildlife and fish. And then I think we also need to make sure that we're, we're being really careful that we're taking approaches that ensure that we have places to go in the West to see the natural beauty that's here, the vast landscapes and the, wild, the wildlife that you know, so thrill us when we see them. And I think, um, you know, if we don't make these kind of major changes in the next few years, then the rivers and the lands and the wildlife that we love are going to be on that path to, to being lost. So I think within the conservation community, and, and I think in our communities at large, there shouldn't be any more acceptance of business as usual. We shouldn't be thinking that just a small change or a tweak here and there that improves things just a little bit is enough because it's just, it's not enough. And what we know, I think, is that normal is just not acceptable. So if you think about that, the concept of normal, it's really been unjust to too many Americans. So if you're black and you're in America, going back to normal simply isn't the right answer. It's not where you wanna go. I think the same is true if you're indigenous, um, a system of supremacy that keeps you down as normal is not gonna do. And the same thing is true if you're Latinx or a person of color, going back to normal is not an answer that's gonna make your life better. And so I think, um, you know, that whole concept of return to normal is, um, you know, not, not right in that it has led to decades of inaction on climate change, leading to just a slow burn Normals allowed for inadequate policies around conservation, uh, inadequate policies around oil and gas development and exurban development that are gobbling up more and more land each year. And it's allowed, quite frankly, for the brunt of environmental problems to be borne by Black, Indigenous, and people of color and um, people with fewer resources. So I think that's a, a challenge for us all in that environmental policy and climate policy have discriminated and that's led to inequitable results like black and pregnant women are the most vulnerable. We know that 
Navajo women who for generations have raised sheep for subsistence and wool for making blankets and rugs. They can't raise their sheep because there's no water. And so we've put all kinds of people in a place where they can't respond um, to just everyday life, much less to a pandemic when you can't respond effectively because you don't have running water in your community. So I think your question is a good one. And I think we have to open our eyes and make sure we're operating differently, that we build in equity and we build in justice from the start and by design, because um, the way things have been in normal is not acceptable. And so we have to change that. And for our listeners at home, what are we doing at WRA to step up to this moment? Well, I think really we're problem solvers. And that's kind of how I think about our team at Western Resource Advocates. We have pretty ambitious goals to reduce carbon emissions by over 50%. And we're making great progress on this. We're setting our sights even higher and beginning to focus on uh, reductions in carbon emissions, not only from power plants, but we're also looking at electrifying the transportation sector and the building sector. Our work on the Colorado River similarly has been focused on how do we take this big problem and, and start to try to solve it uh, for the longer term. And so I think that means we have to both address some of the immediate threats in our region, like the Lake Powell pipeline, which would needlessly drain water from the Colorado River to go to communities that have not been able to demonstrate that they need the water and they haven't taken real steps on conservation. Um, and I, so I think that's one thing is just kind of stopping those threats. And I think on the second, on the other hand, I think we need to be providing real smart science-based and proven tools that ensure that those communities can make the most of the water supplies they have, essentially serving more people with less water um, and I think that's really possible. I think our team can create that kind of policy and is creating that kind of policy. And then I would say, you know, additionally, there's a lot of really good science around conservation and its impact on wildlife and species. And what that science shows is that if we hope to preserve the vast majority of species on the planet, really 85% of species on the planet, then we've got to ensure that we're protecting at least 50% of landmass and 50% of oceans as well. And so we've set some interim goals that would ensure that we conserve and protect 30% of Western landscapes by 2030 and 50% by 2050. And that, uh, you know, is that science-based standard that I think is important. Our, our team is very focused on working with states, with policymakers, with wildlife agencies to ensure that we're creating the tools that can get that done. And I, I think, you know, in a time when people often are really overwhelmed by the enormity of the science and the, the, the heft of the challenge, I think the goals sound kind of lofty, but I think they're essential that we take the action in terms of developing policy and we create the will in our communities to address these impacts of climate change. And if you're a listener of this podcast, you're sitting at home and you're wondering, what can you do to help WRA tackle these goals, these challenges? What can you do to get involved? How can listeners at home help as we head into these crucial next few years? Brendan, I, I think there's so much that people can do um, to really reverse this path that we're on and to help implement and ensure that some of these smart solutions are taken. What I know is 
even even though we have a great smart team that's creating great policies that can address many of these challenges, we just can't do this alone. We need strong support of people throughout the West, whether you're a resident of a rural community or you live in a mountain town or you're in one of the larger cities around the West. We need your strong support for aggressive state action to address these issues. And I think that starts um, in a way that we saw here around the West. It starts by voting. And I think people around the West really came out and showed up for the elections um, just a, a few weeks ago. And I think that showed what happens when people show up. I think it takes um, amazing organizing work from partners who did just incredible things in communities throughout the West to get people to show up and to vote. Um, so I think that's the first part is being an active citizen and following what's happening. Um, we can help you do that. You can sign up for our emails. We can show you ways to take action with Western Resource Advocates and with many of our conservation partners around the region. Um, we're going to urge you to talk to your state lawmaker, to your local decision maker, to your city council member, to let them know about your concerns, because I think this will not happen if uh, those folks that are making decisions don't hear from you. So I think those are those are places to engage at, at the highest level. But there are also a lot of kind of uh, obscure decision-making bodies around our region where really important decisions are made. So if you look at state utility commissions, they make all the decisions about the electric utilities and the major emitters of carbon emissions around the region. State wildlife commissions make very important decisions about wildlife corridors and how we protect and what steps we take to protect wildlife. Water boards, both state level and local water boards make decisions about how they price water to ensure conservation, what types of conservation measures and incentives they put in place for customers and consumers. And, I, and they, they need to hear from you as well um, that you really want to ensure that we have a livable West. So I think those are kind of the more uh, the questions that really revolve around political engagement and taking some ownership over this set of issues in your own community. And then I think there are obviously other ways to help and ways to give because the work that we do um, costs money. That's a reality. But every gift matters. So I would urge listeners to make a gift to WRA. And there are a lot of ways to do that. You can do that by going on our website, www.westernresources.org. And you can make a gift there. You can make a gift of 20 bucks or a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks. I think that's important. Um, you know, we have recurring and sustaining donors who make a gift, uh, pledge to make a gift every month. And I think that's a great way to give too um, and gives us the support that we need. I, I guess what I'm saying is that every dollar has an impact in tons of carbon emissions that are reduced in protection of our rivers and adding more water back into our rivers to ensure they can support wildlife and habitat. And every dollar makes a difference in protecting and connecting Western landscapes. So I think it's important for people to know that whether it's Western Resource Advocates or our conservation partners or other organizations you're part of, those dollars really make a difference. And, and we and those partners need, need all that we can get in these next years to accomplish what are really aggressive goals to protect this place that's our home and it's a place that we love. So I hope that um, you'll take both political action and that your listeners will also invest in conservation work because it's never been more critical. Well, John, thanks for running us through everything in, in the moment where we stand right now. Uh, it's certainly been a tough year, but this conversation has me feeling hopeful and the challenges are definitely big, but 
I'm leaving this conversation feeling ready to take them on. I know we are here at WRA and for our listeners at home, I hope you're ready to join us in this. John, thanks for taking some time to join us today. Thank you, Brendan. As John mentioned, you can join us to take action by visiting our website at www.westernresourceadvocates.org. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast episodes and make sure to subscribe to our email list so you can be updated to take action when and where it matters most. From all of us at WRA, we wish you a happy end to 2020 and we look forward to joining you in 2021 to take on the challenges ahead.